Good evening, everyone. This is Vinayak, and I'd like to welcome you to the Stargate Roundtable call on November 21st, 2019, as we experience these wonderful energies that are lighting up our souls, our spirits, and opening our hearts. And with that, I'd like to invite our uh, our wonderful Angel Sue to uh, lead us in a meditation. Is anybody there? Hello? Hello? I forgot I had the mute button on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just Thank you, Vinayak. Uh, you gave me a little so heart uh, acceleration there. <laughs> well, you know, it's wonderful because we're out of Mercury retrograde. Mercury's direct, and we're still experiencing some of the Mercury retrograde, I think. <laughs> You know, hallelujah, though, it's it's lifting. So Yes, it is. Yeah. Thank you for stepping in for this yes. evening. My and pleasure. Excellent. I, I welcome I, everybody. I'm sorry, Vinayak, what did you say? I was just saying I passed the talking stick to our beautiful angel Sue. You, my dear. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so, with this evening, we are gathering together to hold in our consciousness and subconscious and superconsciousness the fact that we truly are divine children of the universe. And it's simply an act of choosing and intending and allowing. So, this is where we say, by the light of the most radiant one, the light of God that never, never fails. And in the office of the Christ, and only in the office of the Christ, we are gathering together here now to invoke the loving energies of St. Germain and the Violet Flame, and to celebrate the original law of creation, the law of one. And so with that, if you just simply come out of your head and all the energies and the voices and bring it down into your heart space, Just take a breath and let all the cycles come into harmony with the energies of the heart space where it's slower and more more powerful than the mind. And this is the opportunity to call in your higher self your beloved twin flame, your guides, your masters, your teachers, your angels, your councils of light, all those souls from the lighted heart and the realms that celebrate that. 
all those that follow what you're doing here and supporting however they can. And with this support team of yours, united with all beings of the lighted heart, we can allow and reset and calibrate ourselves into even holding the higher frequencies than we already are. So intend that all the things that are going on for you, all the situations, all the conditions, all the labels, are to be calibrated as well into the higher dimensional thinking and living and holding energies. Now, if you will just think about people that you claim in your life, family, friends, family of the heart, all those you feel in alignment with, all those that you've been aware of through the news, the media, all the known and unknown beings that are here working to bring forth Nasara working with our faction three white knights and our galactic forces of light to bring forth the divine aspect of Nizara Nisara, excuse me and the divine perfect happy solution for all those that are here within, upon, and around the planet. And those that we don't even know to call in. For all timelines and dimensions and kingdoms and all potentials and all of creation it's just simple. We are Awati, meaning one with all there is. Awati. And with this great intention and this connection, then we can use the law of one. So all of these beings that are aligned with us now, we welcome you in that light of God that never, never fails. And we say we are all one. When one is harmed, and all are harmed, yet as one is helped and healed, all are helped and healed 
Therefore, in the name of who we are, we are one with all there is, we ask that only the highest good of all concerned to happen here, ourselves and every person, place, condition, and thing, everything. And we give thanks that this is done in the most miraculous way and in the office of the Christ it was. And this is where we say, so be it, and so it is. Please take a breath and hold that peace within you now. And instruct yourself to auto-connect, auto-replay. Keep it going 24-7. But this will be a connection that is never severed. And I thank you all. And Vinayak, I passed the talking stick back to you. Bless you all. Thank you uh, so much, uh, Angel Sue. And with that beautiful meditation that you just uh, shared with us and uh, we experienced, all I can say is it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood or beautiful (laughs) evening or afternoon or morning. Whenever you're listening to this, you're going to get the energy because we are ready to share with you Uh, our hearts and our love for this uh, higher energy that's coming in and the open hearts that we're now experiencing. So with that, I'd like to welcome our panel members and see what we have to say. Randy, are you with us? And what words of wisdom do you have for us this evening? Meow. Greetings, everyone. I am here. Give me a second. You got it. Okay. The sacred secretion and cerebrospinal fluid, the Christ within. The anointing is a secretion, a substance once named chrism, C-H-R-I-S-M. The origin of the word Christ being anointing or anointed, the Christ within us all, is born in the sacral plexus, sacred place, where the five fused vertebrae of the spine meet. The Christ seed is born here and begins its journey up the 33 vertebrae to be crucified, amplified in power. When it meets the pituitary and pineal gland, after spending three days in the hypothalamus, the tomb, it creates a circuit causing the secretion of DMT, honey, and serotonin, milk. When the seed and oil is preserved and returned, you in short, reach the promised land and become a perfect antenna 
for prayer. You walk through the gates of nirvana. Namaste. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Randy. You're welcome. And anything else that you'd like to share? Anything That's personal? That's it for the you... day, except that hang on to your surfboard, guys, because the energies are going to get in. The waves are only going to get higher and higher. That is very true. We are ascending and we are in the 5D world right now. So, Captain Randy and, um, well, um, Vinayak, this is Tara. I just wanted to know if Randy could send that to us because that was pretty awesome. Okay. Oh, yes. Thank you, thank you, brother. That's the nut. And the nuts and the bolts of the story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And who, what other panel members do we have? I think uh, Tar and Rama are the only ones uh, that we have left. I'll just say that uh, it's been a very interesting week for me. And um, definitely the clouds have lifted. And... All is good in the kingdom, and we are definitely raising our vibration and changing our DNA and lifting our spirits even higher than we thought possible. So with that, I'll pass the talking stick to Tara and Rama for their enlightening report from the galactic... uh, Beings that are with us now. (laughs) We are all those galactic beings, Captain. We don't get out of this mission that easy. Let me say that much. (laughs) Well, I welcome all the galactic beings on this call then, Tara. Yes, including ourselves, right? (laughs) Including ourselves, absolutely. (laughs) We don't leave out anybody because we're all one anyway. Yeah, sometimes that's a little hard to look at, but never mind. (laughs) Mm. Also, Lord Rama did have quite an interesting time of this week. Yeah, the stories, greetings, everyone. Greetings, everyone. The stories are getting wilder by the second, and... I just got to say, send more love to all the situations because it's a real test to be (sighs) about thy mother, father, God's business. Nothing we can't handle because we never choose anything we can't, can't handle. We always do that. Choose. We choose to be here present and accounted for. And... Find the joy, which is, you know, we all said, yes, we can, and we can do this together. Right, Rama? Yes. Okay, so let's go back to Monday. I'll start there. How's that, Rama? Okay. So Rama says, today, late morning in Santa Fe, I met a lady. Uh, by sheer happenstance, in the co-op. 
We were both looking at the organic sauerkraut at the same time. She asked me which of the sauerkrauts I would suggest to get. She had a very proper British accent. I suggested the beets and carrots one. She decided mm. to get one with cauliflower, dill, weed, curry powder, and red bell peppers. I asked her name. I asked her her name. She said to me, call me Ellie, short for Eleanor. That's not my real name, yet I fashion myself after King Theoden's daughter in the movie Lord of the Rings. And I would just check, suggest. This lady had flaming red hair. I would just, yes. Uh -huh. She probably started off in the Star Vega in mm. the Lyric Constellation. But um, I, I would just suggest if you have never seen Lord of the Rings, that's the whole story we're actually living right now. Yeah, we're right now on the edges of the, uh, I could just say, the um, outer edges of Mount Doom, and the ring is about to be put into the fires of Mount Doom. Yeah, if you haven't seen the film, you don't know what Rama's talking about. No, you got to watch the movie, because it's about... Yeah, there's three movies. Yeah. There's three. What's the first one called? The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, The Return of the That's King. That's the second one, The Two Towers. Yes. And the third one is The Return of the King. And there, there is a prequel called The Hobbit, An Unexpected Adventure, and then uh, um, The Desolation of Smog and The Battle of the Five Armies. Which is that three movies? Three movies from the beginning, you know, the very beginning leading into the Lord of the Rings. So, so did those same people that were in the three movies of the Lord of the Rings series in the three movies of the prequel? Yes. So they made those all six of those movies together. Yeah. And they spent six entire years living, working, praying, meditating, and acting together. In New Zealand, in the most gorgeous parts of New Zealand you could ever imagine. And you might say that the terrain is just stunning. That's the closest place to heaven, like where you are, Commander Vinayak. Yeah. <laughs> heaven on earth. Uh, well, there's, um, yes, I got to say yes. I mean, there are places that you got to get up and walk through in Hawaii that are not like the city kind of things, like Halalau Valley. That's a journey and a half. And you end up in a mini valley, uh, and you can walk five miles up, 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 and there's waterfalls all the way up. And, uh, and they get to the top, and then there's this cliff, and there are hikers that scale the cliff but you got to have special equipment and when you get to the top of that cliff you're in a mini um rainforest a, a mini rainforest uh but it's a mini mini grand canyon as well 
And you can go to that Grand Canyon driving all around the back of that island and then go up from there. And there's a national, yeah, national forest there. But you can go there and you can hike from there into the canyon too. Uh, But that's like the originally, the original landing site of the Pleiadians that or the original galactics that came here to um, you might say begin the mission <laughs> of what earth was here to teach us all and uh, we forgot a lot of this but uh, this lady's got something to say so let me get back to this so that's she said that's call me Ellie short for Eleanor it's not my real name yet I fashioned myself after King Theoden's daughter in the movie Lord of the Ring. Who's King Theoden's daughter uh, in terms of her role? Um, she, Lady Eowyn, and she plays a unique role in the movie. And if you haven't seen it, I won't give it all away. But she plays a very pivotal role in taking down uh, Lord Sauron's top assassins. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, Sauron's like the dark wizard in the story. Like Vader. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then Rama said, I told Ellie my name was Lord Rama. So Ellie goes on and says, Lord Rama, King Theoden was the king of the land of Rohan, a vast area of Middle Earth, filled with beautiful mountains, rivers, lakes, and forests. And that setting is in Middle Earth, literally, in the sense of uh, the land of the hobbits. That's real. Although they're doing this with the terrain in New Zealand. But it's not much different than what Middle Earth really looks like. You're right. Absolutely. Amazing. So the riders of Rohan were master horsemen. They had a telepathic connection with their horses, where they became one with them and could almost fly. King Rohan's daughter, Lady Eowyn, as Ellie was fashioning herself after, was a master swordwoman. And in the end of the movie, she kills the leader of the Black Riders, are the nine men who had nine rings, nine rings, fashioned by Lord Sauron, the dark wizard of Mordor. Mordor's like hell, loca, you might say. Suffice it to say, Lord Rama, I know you how to wield a sword and then some. Then I said, Ellie, so you know Kung Fu and Tai Chi as well, like Neo in The Matrix? Ellie answered, let's go outside and sit in my car. So we checked out together and went to Ellie's car. Ellie continued her story. I can see by the sparkle in your eyes that I can level with you. I have been on the lam since the murder of Dr. David Kelly. Then Ellie switched subjects slightly and said, I work with Kitty Kelly, or sometimes known as Kathleen Kelly. She comes on Amy many, many times. I haven't seen her for quite a while, but she's 
aged quite a bit. But she's been participating with the nuns that took their blood to the nuclear plants and poured their it blood on the on the nuclear weapon. Yeah, and they yeah, they're facing statement. life in prison for breaking into those nuclear facilities. Well, they got less time than that. Yeah, but uh, they will be getting out with a whole lot of other whistleblowers. Yes. Anyway, that just a side story is that what happened last week is that Julian Assange, uh, the Swedish people, completely cleared him of the board of what, you know. Yeah, no rape charges. No, none ever. And it was completely canceled. So now the focus is on England and the criminality of what they're doing by and holding a whistleblower. The actress Pamela Anderson, and craziest as sounds, has been leaning on Trump to pardon Julian Assange. And I don't know where to go with that story <laughs> whatsoever. I mean, pardon him for what? Yo no say. That's the problem. And that reminds us that Rodney Reed, who's already been in prison for 23 years, being accused of murdering a, a young woman, 19 or something, uh, and she was uh, engaged to be married to a policeman, and the evidence shows now that the policeman, uh, her fiancé, murdered her, and she was in a in a relationship with Rodney Reed, and Rodney Reed was black. So that's why her fiancé murdered her for having not just a relationship, but a relationship with a black person. So, okay, those are things. Are cool. So back to Ellie. <laughs> so Ellie said, I'm going to level with you now. I've been on the lam since the murder of Dr. David Kelly. Then Ellie switched subjects ever so slightly and said, I work with Kit, Kitty Kelly, the famous activist who has been in and out of prison more than most of us. I used to work in both the MI5 and the MI6 for 15 years. As an assassin special ops, until I witnessed the murder of Dr. David Kelly in 2003 by the hand of Tony Blair. At that point, I went underground. I changed my fingertips, fingerprints, excuse me, and the actual color of my eyes by very professional assistance. At this point, I asked her, was this professional assistance a part of the Star Nation people? Ellie answered, essentially, yes, Lord Rama. Ellie continued, I know Great Britain, the United States, Israel, along with the Saudis, did 9-11. The truth will very soon come out to the public that 9-11 was indeed an inside job, and Tony Blair will be exposed fully for murdering Dr. David Kelly. I know Mohammed Al-Fayed for 25 years as a good friend and comrade in this mission. I have been taking Dr. Riguero's formula for six months, and I am getting my youth back. I am 75 as you look at me here, and you can see I don't look a day over 49.50. Is that correct, Lord Rama? I said, right, confirmed. 
Lord Raman, now I must be on my way. I am heading back home to Denver, Colorado now. At this point, I gave Ellie my email address. Ellie said, I will stay in touch. May the force be with you, Lord Rama. I said, with you as well, Lady Master. And that was my journey today, last Monday. Blaze the violet fire. We are everywhere. Remain alert. Magic is all around us. Namaste. And then Rama put a note here. He said, I texted Tom the ringtail cat again today. He had done it on Sunday as well. And Tom had restated to me that a new clone replaced the old one of President Trump on Saturday as the old clone had a mini stroke on Saturday. And that's why he was rushed to Bethesda Hospital, Memorial Hospital, not because he was getting ready to do a yearly checkup and he was doing the first part of it. No, it was because of that. So blaze the violet fire and stay in a centered place. And this is just to remind everybody that uh, President Trump was originally killed and cloned right before his first State of the Union address in January of 2018 on the 20th. So he was cloned about a week or so before that, the first time. And there's been quite a few of them since then. But that happened for sure on Saturday. You might say we are all in the oven getting baked to perfection. Don't worry, be happy. Satnam for now, Lord Rama. So that was Monday. My goodness. And then on Tuesday, no, you didn't get to talk to anybody on Tuesday at all. So on Wednesday, Rama says, I decided to go up the mountain to the fairy ring late in the morning. I created a circle with my crystals and no longer had I completed that task that three large crystal snowflake beings showed up in the circle with me. They were about 15 feet tall each and hovering. I said to them telepathically, what is the news of the day, commanders? They responded back to me telepathically. Use the white fire core of being at this time on Mother Gaia. This will dispel all the darkness. Then they showed me this image of the human body merging with a Merkaba vehicle, a six-pointed golden star vehicle with the golden light of the sun emanating from the center of the chest. They showed me the Merkaba vehicle starting to spin around the body faster and faster. And all of a sudden, at a certain point, which I believe was the speed of light, what happened is the body and the Merkaba vehicle, in a sense of speaking, exploded into trillions of particles of golden light in space. The feeling I experienced was exactly um, ecstasy and bliss. I am choosing to bring this experience into my life with infinite love, no matter how much pain I may be enduring at this time, at the same moment. With my head in the clouds and my feet on the ground, and as I made this 
my resolution, the snowflake beings, they flashed together to me uh, three times, and then they disappeared. Yes, we can. Together we can choose to overcome hate with love. It is a choice we all have in every moment of every day. Later in the early afternoon, Natasha sent me a text message regarding exaggerated um, news about South Korea threatening to disconnect with the United States and join with China. What they are actually doing is joining with China and the other BRICS countries and turning away from using the United States dollar in trade. This is happening with many countries at this time. Look at it as a power for change and for accountability, which is sorely needed in order to end empire and bring love, truth, peace, freedom, justice, and beauty into this world. And that order. And make Turtle Island our home with a true purpose again for the return of the United States of Altia America, the true destiny of this place. That's the secret destiny of America. That's by Manley Palmer Hall. That's a book worth purchasing or finding it in the library and reading it, everybody. Don't worry, be happy. And I just want to put our sister Bernadette in the circle of support. Renayaka reminded us today that she's, she's making some choices and we want for the highest good of all concern to happen for her. And I got to meet three deer yesterday oh. that came right up to me and they licked my hands and wanted food and I didn't have any, but... Um, they just licked my hands and I just took five or six pictures of them and then they took off. And you got to put them up out there on the internet. We yeah. got to see that, Rama. That's great. Yes. How far up the mountain were you? Mm, halfway. Wow. That's unusual, but because it's, you know, it's been snowing, raining, they'd come out. That's about eight, eight and a half thousand feet, maybe yeah. about halfway up the mountain. And it's getting very chilly around here. <laughs> um, yeah, Santa Fe got quite a bit of snow today. Yeah, it was um, and, a challenge today. Yeah, we were just we just we we just live a half an hour north of Santa Fe, and it just snowed barely, and it mostly rained. So we have just a half an hour difference, but it's warmer here for some reason. Just the location of the currents and things. That's very interesting. So anyway, um, then there's all these uh, hearings uh, that have been going on. And I just want to say that um, this lady, Dr. Fiona Hill, uh, quote-unquote presidential advisor. Uh, she was born October 1965. She's only 54. And she was born in Bishop Auckland, England, in the UK, in the north of England. And um, 
She was educated at the University of St. Andrews. She got her BA there. That's in Scotland. And then she came here to Harvard University. She got her MA and her PhD. And um, she is a former official at the National Security Council, specializing in the Soviet, uh, uh, Russian, and European affairs. Uh, I'll just say she was no slouch, but she doesn't have the whole story. And none of them do. Except they know that it's not right what's going on. That's right. And they aren't going to say anything because they're getting money in the pocket. And it's got to do with this lobby thing. Yes, lobbyists are... uh, We don't need lobbyists in our world right now. Not even close. And the thing that she said that was very enlightening has to do with um, she nailed Mr. Sondland. Uh She said, I don't believe what he's saying, you know, that he didn't know anything except for Risma and that it wasn't connected. He knew so well. Well, what she deal. pointed out is that it was in the New York Times on May 1st, talking about, you know, President Trump wanting a deal, <coughs> you know, from Zelensky. That was in the major New York Times. In the grandiose way, this guy thinks it's Lex Luthor. He is above the law, he thinks. I don't think he thinks that. <clears throat> no. Uh, I don't think that, but he 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 does think that he deserves something, you know, because he had some money here. But, uh, I've heard many people today say that he believes he is being divinely directed by God. Well, that's not believing in Lex Luthor. Oh, I understand, but. The metaphor I'm making is he thinks he's above the law. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and they, that's all, a big, they all do. They all do, but he is the focus because what can I say? Well, I, I, he, he, the way he put it is that he was following the orders of the president. Yeah. And the president said to talk to Giuliani. Oh, Greller, the private lawyer of the president. Um, So what what Fiona Hill was saying is that Sondland was given a quote-unquote different remit, meaning that he was involved in a national political errand or political invested um, 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 orders coming from a president for personal gain. In other words, uh, I'll do you if you do me. Uh, You know, you do me the favor of going after Joe Biden. 
And what uh, Professor uh, um, Hill, Hill said is that we were involved in national security foreign policy, a big difference. So she nailed him very strongly. That's a big thing to be aware of. Uh, so I think those are the two strongest pieces. The other one was that Sondland said that President Trump only cares about big stuff, meaning things that benefit him on a personal level for personal gain. And that there was a comment made that it wasn't even cared whether they followed up with Joe Biden. They didn't, he didn't even care about that. He just wanted the story announced publicly by Zelensky. And uh, just to remind everybody, there's a couple of things that are major here uh, that are not being talked about. And there's bold-faced lies on all sides. Yes. And that is that the United States has done a regime change in the Ukraine in the previous president, Poroshenko. Poroshenko is a regime change president that was rigged with Mr. McCain over there and Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham and uh, Shinzo Abe of Japan was in the middle of that and Netanyahu was in the middle of that. Yes. Okay, so I digress, but what we must comprehend is that both sides of that quote-unquote war over there is all rigged by the United States deep state. Not by Russia. Russia is not at war with Ukraine, nor has they ever been. The United States just called some people over there Russian separatists. And what they are are hired people from our deep state and our tax dollars are paying them to kill ordinary citizens in Ukraine. That's our tax dollars doing that. And Russia's not having a war with the you have what we must understand is that in the in the uh NATO, uh, maybe I can... In- well, in the eastern part of Ukraine, everybody's Russian. Yes. All their relatives are still, half of them are still in Russia. I have relatives They wouldn't be fighting with Russia for any reason whatsoever. I have relatives in the Ukraine. Yeah, well... Yeah. But your family's from Poland. Poland and father. Russia. Poland and Romania and, and Trans- Transylvania. And then on your mother's side, you're from Russia Russia. as a white Russian Jew. Yes. So, I mean, these are family things. Yet in the western part of Ukraine, they're much more pro-European Union. In other words, there's a big divide there. And so there's a lot of people that are from the European countries that are living in Ukraine there on the western part uh, but this is this this is just a subtle subterfuge you might say but we must understand that it's got to be that it's time for justice to be served now going after a single man is not the deal but it's the it's the crack in the cosmic egg and so 
that means President Trump as just a toy puppet, you know, designed by the deep state to be there and to be programmed and, you know, however many clones down the road that is there. Uh, and it's complete mind control on that level as well. Then there's um, there's over there in uh, in Russia, I mean in Israel, Netanyahu has been totally indicted, finally. Totally indicted for bribery, fraud, corruption, and the king added a few more things, money laundering and what else? Something else. Breach of trust. Breach of trust, yeah. He's done deals with Harvey Weinstein and exchanged favors and expensive gifts. So and that's the thing for Including for Netanyahu's wife. And, I'm, and also Nikki Haley. And I'm sure that there's the some human trafficking in the midst in there. That's a big deal in Israel. Which involves the West yes. as well. Which involves uh, President Trump. It involves Hillary Clinton. It, it involves the Bushes. Yes. Uh, it involves all the leadership of this oligarchical empire. And another piece of news, Prince Andrew is retreating into wherever he's going and rumor has it Prince Charles or the Queen, you know, laid it out in lavender on him and the still the focus, you know. But the Queen is just a hologram. The Queen is just a hologram, yet. And the hologram has bladder cancer, and it's pretty serious. Yeah. And she's too weak to have surgery. So, in a matter of metaphorical speaking terms, she's probably not long for this world. So, Rama said today, just before noon, I received a call from the King of Swords. He said to me, Lord Rama, the testimony today only sends the alphabet agencies along with the rest of the deep state deeper and deeper down into that bottomless rabbit hole that goes right back to mother segment back to the dark rift back to the void since dr fiona hill's testimony today she has over 100 kgb and mi5 and mi6 officers protecting her I asked the King of Swords, how is that possible as Dr. Hill lives here in the United States? The King of Swords answered me, Lord Rama, that is a classified, uh, that is classified information. On another, that was the end of that conversation. Yeah. On another subject, Lord Rama, the White House administration is trying to figure out a graceful way to facilitate President Trump stepping down or resigning. Yet that is not going to get the Trump crime family out of being held accountable for the numerous international war crimes, bribery, murder, money laundering, human trafficking, and many other high crimes and misdemeanors that they have committed. And it does not stop there. The Bush-Clinton crime family, 500,000 folks, as all is said and done, and, 
will be held fully accountable in the public venue for the same reasons. Also, like we said, Netanyahu has been indicted for bribery charges, corruption, money laundering, fraud, breach of trust, etc. He has received numerous monetary gifts from Harvey Weinstein, as Rama said here, as well as famous collectible art objects worth millions. Uh, on yet another story around this Prime Minister Netanyahu, Israel is headed for another election uh, after Benny Gans uh, failed to form a coalition government. You know, they, they argued that he actually won, you know, but that it was never a majority and they both were arguing over it. And there was a requirement again for them to form a coalition. So neither of them did it. So now this is going to be a third election within a year. Uh, so uh, what is really the crack in the cosmic egg? These guys are representing the Khazarian mafia and on this, both sides of the pond. And this story of the ancient tower of Babylon is coming to an end. Right. And so, um, in closing, everyone, as we approach this giving thanks time, remember we are in the most auspicious time of this ascension moment. Remember, it is we who are the ones that are truly what we've been waiting and who we've been waiting for. Asara now, so much love. And uh, Sondland implicates Trump as bribery plot mastermind uh, in Ukraine. And I just want to say something here. Penny sent this little piece. It's from a friend of hers that's very, you don't tangle with, as she said. But uh, this is interesting because this just was serendipitously shared with us today and just the other day, Rama met with the uh, snowflake people. So here's this, what this is. It's like a plaque you can put on your wall, everybody. It says, I am not a liberal snowflake. Mm. My feelings aren't fragile. My heart isn't bleeding. I am a badass believer in human rights. <laughs> My touchiness is in tenderness. My strength is in the service of others. There is nothing more fierce than formidable, unconditional love. There is not a thing more courageous than compassion. Yet as my belief in equity, empathy, goodness, and love indeed makes me or people like me snowflakes, then you should know winter is coming. <laughs> and I pass uh, this uh, yes Maniac I pass it to you I love uh, that that, that a, quote yeah. was beautiful yeah so Rama can you send this to Vinayak later and yeah. maybe get it up there on the website, on the website. this is yeah, just I, I, I saw it on Facebook uh, earlier today and I read it and I didn't see any way to share it. So Facebook, by the way, is uh, acting very strange these days. They're blocking a lot of my posts. And and uh, so is YouTube. If anybody's been paying attention to YouTube, 
they're disabling the function of sharing many of the YouTube videos uh, mm-hmm. or audios. Robin had it that has problem. To, it has to do with the people waking up and sharing the truth, and they don't like it one bit. You no, know, Facebook exactly. is another name. Facebook is another name for DARPA. Yeah. Yes. Yikes. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, to me, this is blatant evidence that the light is winning and has yeah. won. Absolutely. And everybody can take uh, heart in, in knowing that uh, even though it appears to be uh, a dark uh, night of the soul for many of us, I think that it's just a revealing of the shadows and the light is uh, making it very, very apparent. We have our guest on with us, I see, on line 21. So I'd like to welcome our guest, Gabrielle. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. And uh, once we get her on the phone here. Yes. Gabrielle, are you with us? Good evening. I'm with you now. All right. Excellent. Great to hear your voice. And welcome to the call. Uh, We're looking forward to hearing all about you and um, your wonderful practice in life coaching, as I understand it. Yes, actually, my official business website is Success Coaching, but life, success, are they indelibly intertwined? I've been doing this for 15 years, and when I started out, my oldest son was nine years old, and he would go around excited to his friends saying, my mommy's a shrink, my mommy's a shrink. And I said, baby, you can't tell people that. I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, and I'm not a therapist. I don't talk about what's wrong with people. I don't try to fix them. I help them score by showing them everything that's right. And he turned around one day to me. He said, Mama, you are the worst kind of shrink. You're a shrink in denial. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you, Gabrielle, I, I couldn't have said it better myself in terms of <laughs> our philosophy on, on this call as well. We're definitely focusing on what's right and what's really happening uh, as well as uh, exposing the shadow. But uh, tell us more about yourself and, and your work. And I understand you've been doing this for 15 years now. And uh, once again, Give us your website, if you will, because I didn't don't think everybody got that. Maybe well, uh, my, say it very my slowly. Current, my current website is www.infinitylifecoaching.com because that's the basic information about what I do myself, my practice, my company. But I'm having a very professional person, particular uh, Infinity Success Coaching. So in about two weeks you'll be able to access the new website. But for the time being, infinitelifecoaching.com is the best place to go to thing I do. Lady Master, you were kind of breaking up a little bit. Is that, this is Tara. Hi, sister. Um, Hello. Infinity Life, L-I-F as in Frank E, coaching.com? Yes, that's correct. 
Okay, I just had to get that clear because it sounded like it could have been light too. So it's probably the same anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, sister. You're welcome. Well, what would you say, Gabrielle, makes your work unique as compared to all the other life coaches that are out there? And as you well know, there are many that, uh, you know, carry the title life coach. I think it's interesting because I, I do like the idea. I think we all need to be coached at certain times of our life in life. And so share with us what you feel you offer that others may not. I offer specificity. And so what that means is 15 years ago when I started out, someone who was offering a holistic natural product that you add to a milkshake to lose weight was a life coach. Someone who was teaching transcendental meditation was a life coach. It was just a very cachet job title to have because it was so very nonspecific. And so when you're talking about a life coach, what I actually do, thinking about it in terms of, say, a a football game, a coach actually teaches you strategy. They give you encouragement. What I give people is very specific strategy and the encouragement and the game plan as well as the tools and resources to really know what their goal is. And then also different things, different challenges that can come up along the way, the different um, opportunities, we'll say, to overcome those challenges and to succeed in a personal way. It gives them um, self-confidence, but it also gives them experience and education to continue to go on after they're done with me then they can continue to be successful in different areas of their life because they understand how things work. I don't answer your question with a question. I actually give you the answer. Wonderful. And, Gabrielle, I wondered if you would be entertained. Will you be interested in taking some callers tonight? Yes, definitely. Uh, Let me get out that information then so our listening audience can call in if they choose to okay. and ask you some questions. Okay. And you may call into the show on station two, and that's 888-429-5471. And we'll receive your uh, question there. And you may also dial 3 two three seven four 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 eight four one again eight 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 four two nine five four seven one and three two three excuse me um and i just wanted to let you know that one of the things that i specialize in is a Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Personality Profile System, and I approach it in a very different way. So if any of your listeners are interested in understanding more about their personality, that is um, the key that I use really to open, to unlock, to help people understand who they are. So if any of your listeners have a question about the MBTI Profile System, I'm the person to ask. 
Okay, to start with, are you saying that they would fill out some kind of a questionnaire or um, a series of uh, a profile on themselves and you would tell them more about themselves? How would you handle that? Well, if you're talking about in my practice, that's what I do. But most people in the world today internationally are familiar with that that profile system, usually if they're going to go to college, they will have taken it, or sometimes even in high school, a certain you know English teacher would have administered it. Sometimes psychologists or therapists utilize it. If any of your listeners already have an idea of what their profile is, or if they've heard something that maybe has frustrated or confused them in the past, if they have a specific question that they would like me to answer, something to clarify, then I would be very willing to to address any of their their personal interests, it's kind of a long and complicated process to excuse me to profile someone. So I wouldn't want to do that over one phone call. But if any of your listeners have specific questions or challenges that they've personally faced in dealing with that very commonly used social tool, then they can go ahead and and ask me something about that subject. Excellent. I have a question for you. How did you get started along in this line of uh, working with people and, and specifically uh, accepting and claiming the title of life coach? Well, What's your I, story? Yes. I started going to psychiatrists and therapists and counselors when I was four years old because my mother just could not figure me out, and she was hoping that someone could explain me to her, or even better, fix me. Just just figure out what's wrong with her and fix her. <laughs> and all of the therapists and counselors said, well, I'm sorry, but there's nothing wrong with her. She's just weird. She's weird. So when I was in school, um, I took the, the profile, the personality profile test, and all of the things that, that psychiatrists and therapists were telling me was weird about me, this was telling me I was normal. And so as I was going through junior high and high school and I, I was going through marriage and motherhood and knowing these things, I thought, this is really good stuff to know. But I used the information that I got in college and the life experience that I had thinking, you know, maybe I should just do sales. I'm really, really good at talking to people. Well, one day I was with my, my kids on the couch and I saw, I think it was Oprah, and she had a guest who was a life coach. And I thought, wow, what, what's a life coach? And so I looked it up, I Googled it, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I should be. I should be a life coach. And then I thought, well, but how am I going to get a, a client? Well, since it's not really anything specific, then I don't really have anything to, to pitch as a salesman. I was in Starbucks one day, and I was standing at the little bar putting some sugar in my fake coffee, and a man came up to me and said, so what do you do? And I said, I'm a life coach. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my gosh, I need to have a sales pitch. I need to have a sales pitch. And he said, okay, well, what is that? And I said, well, you know what? I teach people how to reach their goals by taking the path of least resistance, based on what's most natural for their personality. And I went, wow, that was really good. <laughs> and he said, well, how much do you charge? And I thought, oh, my goodness, how much did I charge? Um, $60 an hour. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? If you could tell me why my life is perfect on paper and I'm still not happy, I'll absolutely give you $60 an hour. And I thought, okay, okay, now i got to figure out what I'm going to be doing here. <laughs> 
I have a, my business license. I have a, a job title. I have a beautiful little business card here. What am I going to do? Well, I, I said to him, this is it. This is what you are. You're an INTP. The reason you're not happy is because you're the assistant district attorney, and you need to not be working for a corporate institution, and you need to start playing a musical instrument that you're absolutely horrible at, and you are going to have 40% less income as the most. Well, about eight weeks after it, he goes, this is perfect. I love it. This is great. And uh, I said, you know what? The truth is, I don't really have anything else to do with you because you're all good. It's all good. And he said, you know what? I'm going to tell people about you. Four weeks later, I had two presentations of 150 people, professionals in the city of Phoenix listening to me and my expertise. And... From then, I just got a clientele. I built a clientele based entirely on personal referrals. Well, that is a wonderful success story. Yes, and it was really nice, the fact that making $60 an hour, well, when you have corporate America paying for your services, $60 an hour is very affordable. Absolutely. Well, I I loved how you claimed it. And you, you accepted it, the fact, you know, and you decided that this is who you are and you declared it to the universe and you spoke your word and the universe responded because there was no resistance within you of being that. And I think that is um, exactly the life and the world that we're uh, living in right now in the 5D uh, dimensions and, well, and uh, having my dimension. husband and children, my husband and children were very supportive of the work that I was doing. My husband is a very unconventional man, and so when I said, honey, you need to go ahead and get barefoot in the kitchen, he said, well, great, I, I cook better food than you anyway, let's go ahead and do this. And my children were were very excited about the fact that I loved what I was doing, and when people were referring me to their friends and family, and they were writing very good things about me in, in very public places. And then I was being asked um, to speak for groups, for social groups, for academic groups, and a lot of the things that I did for work was very natural, like you said. It happened in its, in its own way and in its own time. When I moved up to Seattle, it was a little bit different because Seattle's not quite like Phoenix. Um, the people, they will pay more money, but they want something different. And when they think about how they want enlightenment, they don't want to understand spirituality. A lot of what I said was, if I'm, if I'm giving you this wisdom and this insight about how to stay centered within yourself in a spiritual way, if I come to your door with a Bible in my hand, you're going to slam the door. If I give you a business card and charge you $150 an hour, you deify me. You think I'm amazing. <laughs> well, you know what? Most of this can be found in the book of Proverbs, but when you're putting it in the context of, as an ISTP, your dominant function is introverted thinking. As an ENFJ, well, you know what? Actually, introverted thinking is your inferior function, and you need to understand that staying in proportion with your dominant qualities relative to your inferior qualities, everybody has to do everything in life. That's just part of being a human. The question is, are you doing it in a spiritually balanced way? 
then it's becoming a very healthy behavior, even if it's not naturally your personality or disposition to do that particular activity. Uh, I want to ask our, our uh, beloved panel here to see if anybody has any questions for you, Gabriel, and uh, also remind our listening audience to call in. And Gabriel is here to entertain some questions from all of you. So please feel free to call into the station. And uh, panel members, anybody out there that would like to share some uh, words with uh, Gabrielle or have some questions for her? Well, we have a very silent panel tonight. <laughs> well, okay. then let me just let me just also give one experience that a lot of people um, they're very surprised when I tell them that I've been married for 25 years because I understood my husband's personality by the third year of our marriage. I really, really was able to accept what ESTP he's an ESTP means and. I could explain to him that as a woman, I'm an INTP, which is very, very non-feminine <laughs> as a personality. The fact that we were able to work together as a couple means that after 25 years, we're still on our honeymoon emotionally with each other because we don't have conflict that other couples have simply because we do understand each other in a, in a way that is very open and accepting and insightful. It's very important to have that personal insight about the people that you're with, that you're interacting with. That way, a lot of the conflict that happens in relationships never has to happen. And could you give us an example of that, Gabrielle? And uh, not necessarily from your own life, but maybe some other people that you know, if you want, or just... Yeah. Uh, how would you put that into words so that uh, our listening audience could identify more specifically with that? Right. Because I think that I think that is very commendable, by the way. And uh, certainly, we know that relationships are, in my mind, the best seminar in town. And if you <laughs> you want to you want to know where you are in enlightening in enlightenment. Uh, the get into a relationship and you'll soon find out where you are and where you're not, if you will. Well, yeah. Um, okay, the difference, let me say, because I'm without giving a specific example of myself, um, an example just as a generic would be in the, okay, one statement can mean five different things from five different people. Let's say, um, you are a parent, you know, just washing dishes casually. One day your four-year-old child comes up to you and says, Mommy or Daddy, can I play with the matches? If you're talking to an ESFJ, that is their way of saying, you are doing a horrible job as a parent and I'm giving you a heads up that I'm going to burn this house down. I'm telling you directly right now that I'm about to reach for the matches and if you don't get your act together, we're not going to have a house in 10 minutes. That would be a huge red flag for an ESFJ to say, can I play with the matches? Now, an ENFJ, very, very similar, almost identical personality. An ENFJ, 
an ENFJ would say, um, can I play with the matches? That's their way of saying, please say no, please say no, please say no. I don't want to. I'm telling you, I'm asking you, please help me out of this situation. The answer would need to be, all right, who's really asking for the matches? Honey, I'll go ahead and say no to this person for you this time, but you need to get better friends. Okay. Whereas an ISTP, they would actually be saying, I'm very curious about how fire works and I want to see it and I want to smell it. I want to touch it. And and I I need to hear it in the friction of the, the match, the wood and the, okay, well, you know what? If you're looking at an ISTP who wants to play with the matches, you just need to say, is your bedroom clean? Let me see. Let me see under the bed, pull up the covers and the, Wow, not bad. Okay, go ahead and just make sure you use the ones on top of the refrigerator. And as soon as I'm done with the dishes, I'll bring something really fun for us to burn together. Every single behavior has to be um, interpreted within the context of the actual nature of the person. The exact same words can mean completely different things to completely different people. But if you understand how the the thought process and the emotional priorities and the personal values of each personality really is, then you can factor in the different things of, you know, nurture, just the different personality people, and, and say, okay, this is fundamentally the way you work and what's important to you and what you need, and then these are the different variables of your life experience that have molded you but not changed you completely so now i know that when you say or do this particular thing what it means is that that's very important to be able to say to discern and if you ever do have questions then you also know how to how to phrase the questions in a way that the person that you're speaking to is not going to be hurt they're not going to be offended and they're not going to feel frustrated with you because you didn't understand them. The most important thing is being able to um, translate what your thoughts and feelings are into something that they can personally relate to. So are you basing that on their personality? Yes. As you listen to their words? Yes. And so it's not what we say or even how we say it, but it's our own personality type of how we're interpreting or, yes, um, or uh, expressing ourselves. Yes, Is that what you're saying? Much. Absolutely. And so what I explain to people is that the four different dispositions of the MBTI profile system are SJ, SP, NT, and NF. And so, since they are not always compatible, right, sometimes they directly conflict with each other, I explain it to people in the terms of a body, okay? SJs are like bones. SPs are like muscles. NFs are, are like... Are you saying... Excuse me, Gabriel. That's okay. I'm not understanding the word you're saying. ST? No, S... I'm sorry. SP, as in Paul, they're sensory perceivers. Okay. Sensory perceivers. SP, okay. Sensory perceivers, that helps. Okay. And then. And the other three? 
Yes, the SJs are sensory judgers. Okay. And then the N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, are intuitive thinkers. And then the NF as in Frank, are intuitive feelers. Those are the different um, dispositions that the Myers-Briggs personality profile system uses to classify different behavior patterns. So when we're talking about sensory judgers, the SJs, those are like bones of the body. Um, Sensory perceivers, STs, are like muscles. Intuitive feelers and Fs are like hearts. And intuitive um, thinkers and T's are like the brains in the world. Now, if I said to you, what's the most important of the bones or the muscles or the heart or the brain? What's the most important thing in the body? They're all absolutely vital. You cannot prioritize one over the other. We say, well, which one is, you know, which one is disposable? You can't. You can't get rid of any of them. If you get rid of any of them, the body is not going to be human. So when you're thinking then about a muscle saying to the brain, well, you know, you should be bigger. If you're bigger, you're better. Well, no, actually, that's called encephalitis and you'll die. Okay, so the brain doesn't need to behave like a muscle. Or if the bone said to the heart, you really need to be stronger. You need to solidify No, I believe that would be a heart attack and you would die. You cannot say that one particular behavior, one particular quality is better than any other by definition because it needs to stay within the context of that personality, that disposition. When you're talking about other people, you need to be able to say, okay, I'm talking to a heart here. And I'm a brain (laughs) by nature. I'm going to want to make everything analytical and logical and rational. I just need to make sure that I do it in a very loving and thoughtful and considerate way when I'm talking to this person. Uh, A sensory perceiver who's a muscle really wants to just get things done, get things done, get things done. Well, you know what? When they're talking to a sensory judger, sensory judgers, they're like bones they want to make sure you always stick to the rules. Sensory perceivers break the rules constantly. When they're trying to work together, the fact that they are diametrically opposed in more ways than you can count can be challenging, but if they understand and work in cooperation with each other, factoring in those different features of their personality, they will be more successful and they will even be able to enjoy their differences and appreciate the value that each one of those individuals bring to the experience. Is there a book that you would recommend for our listening audience that they might be able to purchase that would give them more details or information on what you just shared with us? Yes, I have my book. It's called The Success Workbook. And you can get it on my website. I have it as a, an ebook, the PDF, and the MP3, the audio book of me reading it. Um, I do have them for sale on my website. I think the fact that I've gotten so much um, 
interest. <laughs> I do I do go into the MBTI a lot in my book, but that's not all that it's that it's about. I'm going to finish up another book that's strictly about personality profiling. But when we're talking about the functional orders and the dispositions and the different um, dichotomies, I go into that in my book, The Success Workbook. Wonderful. Excellent. Let's uh, give out your website again also, infinitylifecoaching.com. Yes. Is that correct? Okay. Yes, that's correct. And and you're working on a new website in a couple of weeks, you said? Well, I'm thinking probably because it's the end of the year. Um, the, by the, the people end of that the are year. working, yeah, <laughs> hopefully by January 1st, people in this yeah. country it, like to yeah. take December off. <laughs> it, it, it's good to give yourself a little space to put it all together. Yes. Because a lot of times when we're working on things of that nature, we don't always, uh, we aren't always able to stay on this timeline when we're working with other people, mm-hmm. you know, right. well, and relying on them, um, so. Yes. Right. What other insights would you like to share with us, Gabrielle? I think the, the most important insight is you're not going to be able to see where you're going until you know where you are right now. My father told me the most insightful thing he ever shared with me when I was a very little girl was, sweetie, you better be careful. Don't you start believing your own lies. I said, what do you mean? He said, when you lie to strangers, you're going to lose out on opportunities. When you lie to friends and family, you're going to lose out on love. When you lie to yourself, you've lost your soul. You don't even have you left. It's all over. Be aware of who you are. Be honest with yourself and be ready to accept. Great advice, I have to admit. Uh, Anybody on the panel have any questions uh, or comments that you'd like to share with Gabrielle (laughs) and myself? Okay. Is anybody there? Who's <laughs> <laughs> my, my panel there? I'm here, Commander. This is Tara. Gabrielle, I was kind of speechless. That, I mean, that's quite a thing for your father to say to her da- to a daughter. Right. I, I think I was seven at the time. <laughs> I mean, your father had a deeper sense of himself to be able to say that to you. Yes, very much so. He was 40 when I was born. I was one of those, oh, look what we have here, children. And so he had already had, you know, seven before I even came on to the scene. And he knew what was right and he knew what was wrong. And he had learned a lot from his own mistakes. You could just sort of say I I was blessed with all of the insight from the experience that he had before I showed up. Wow, seven children, number eight, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Lucky number eight, Gabrielle. I'm sorry? Lucky number eight. <laughs> right. <laughs> to me, eight is uh, lucky. I mean, it's infinity, it's abundance, it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Manifestation. <laughs> yes. And that's it. That's absolutely it. Oh, my. 
Well, I mean, you you picked your dad, you know. He didn't pick you. You picked him, <laughs> obviously. Well, and that. nature, however you see it, nature always keeps everything in balance. The point is everything happens the way it is supposed to happen. Some people consider it... Hello? Hello! Oh, sorry, I, I was hearing an echo. I wasn't sure if it was a bad connection again. Um, that everything in nature stays in, in balance. And so some people consider it a divine force. Some people consider it just um, an intelligent source. Some people consider it an actual creator who is a god with a name. Um, but it is consistent and it is true no matter how you choose to interpret it. Yeah. Well, um, I would also add to that that um, since we're at the end of an Kali Yuga and we're at the beginning of a Sat Yuga, and the Sat Yuga is four times longer than any normal Yuga, meaning, you know, roughly 100,000 years of peace. And the old order wants, oh, let's have 100,000 years of some more war for profit, please. You know, and uh, so anybody that's here, you know, surprise or not, and their parents have chosen to be here in this most profound time. Wouldn't you agree with me, Sister, Sister Gabriel? It's a very profound time, absolutely. We are definitely living in the critical days. And uh, times, they are a change, and there's something very, very different going to happen very, very soon. Oh, can you give us a little hint of what you mean by that? Well, I do believe the Bible, and it says that we are living in the last days. And as soon as the certain prophecy is is fulfilled, part of that prophecy is certain things happening on the earth between the political powers and between um, different spirit forces. And I do believe that there's going to be a cleansing of the earth and a reestablishing of the universe. Because right now, this is just part of one, one, um, sorry, I'm thinking in Spanish now, one issue of whether man can direct his own step and rule himself successfully according to his own imperfect judgment. And, Clearly, that's not the case, but it needs to it needs to be shown. It needs to be manifest when man is given the opportunity to try out all the different things so that he can he can honestly say, well, I did have a chance. Sometimes when we want to say, well, you didn't give me the opportunity. If you had given me more time, I would have done better. Well, no, we're we're getting the opportunity. And the more we do this, the more we try, the worse it's getting it's going to have to come to an end so that something's better. I don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but I know that we're getting very close to the end. I agree. I agree. Probably a lot closer than we can imagine. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, very there's going to be something <laughs> quite sudden here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. everything is moving at an exponential speed in my in my experience. Yes, definitely. Lately, and things being sped up uh, so that we, you know, 
can keep choosing and recognizing what's really uh, important to ourselves and what's most valuable and other things, you know, that are the things that are least important to us are, you know, they're kind of fallen by the wayside. And I think a lot of people are experiencing uh, deeper values within themselves, maybe than they were up to now, maybe have been aware of. Well, but let me ask you this now. When we're talking about technology, I go into a restaurant with my 20-year-old daughter because she and I still have quality bonding time alone, and we see four, six, and eight-year-olds sitting at the table with their parents. They're all on their cellular phones. None of them are talking to each other. Now, what does that tell you? I mean, honestly, we're talking about a generation gap. No, we're talking about a generation chasm that was created by something that people genuinely believed computers, technology was going to make the world a better place. It's actually exacerbating a, a really, really bad conflict, an internal conflict that then multiplies when you bring two, three, four people into one social interaction. My, my son actually taught me a really great joke about technology. It's called the computer's gender. The Spanish teacher was explaining to the class that in Spanish, words are feminine or masculine, and they have an article, el or la. Well, it was an adult class, and, and one of the men said, is it el computador or la computadora? And she said, you know what? We're going to have a little fun tonight. We're going to go ahead and split you up into men and women. You tell me if you think this thing, this machine here is more like a man or more like a woman. And the men said, we don't even need to talk about it. This thing's so female, it practically has breasts. And she said, why would you say that? And they said, for four reasons. First of all, only their creator truly understands their internal logic. Second, they speak a language that only computers understand. Third, they store every mistake you ever make in long-term memory for future retrieval. And fourth, you're constantly buying accessories for them. And the women said, no, 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 no. This thing's a guy, and we'll tell you why. Four reasons. First of all, if you ever want them to do anything, you have to turn them on first. <laughs> Second, you can give them all the information in the world. They're still not going to think for themselves. Third, they claim to solve all of your problems, and half the time, they're the problem. And finally, you know if you had just waited six months, you could have had a better one. Really, let's talk about technology. Is it making the world a better place or a worse one? You tell me. Gabriel, I just, uh, right now, the computers are becoming sentient. They are literally becoming sentient, and they are able to think. And, uh, and, and actually, the, the age of computers not becoming self-aware is ended, and they are becoming self-aware right now. They're trying to. They're definitely trying to, but how many times when I'm doing my text messaging and a word comes up, that is not the word that I was thinking. That's not the word I wanted, but my, my cellular phone seems to think that they knew exactly what I was, was thinking. And you know what? It's crazy. It's really, really scary how technology has a mind of its own, and it's not human. Well, I, th I think it it's a 
double-edged sword, there you if go. you will. Absolutely. We have technology has the capability of being able to serve us right. and and to uh, assist us in our development and our in our in enlightenment as well as distract us right and so it really comes down to it the choices that we make as the beings of light that we are and whether or not we're uh, i mean it's like anything if if technology is controlling you Mm-hmm. then it's probably not in your highest and best interest. However, if you are controlling the technology and telling it and commanding it to do what you're wanting it to do, then it's definitely serving a greater good and a greater purpose. And so I, I feel like everything has been kind of shifted over to the potential dark side, which is now being revealed to us. And even though we have all these people, you know, staring at their cell phones and, and computers uh, a great amount of time of the day, rather than communicating with each other, it is facilitating some kind of communication. And it is allowing us to experience the oneness or the sameness of us, which I think is a good thing. It's a matter of how, how, how much we're allowing it to control our life and, and we're missing out on the joys of life because we've got our, our heads buried and looking down. I mean, there's, exactly. a, there's a great video out that shows, you know, the man walking into things and tripping over things and, you know, triggering all kinds of disasters mm-hmm. because he's looking down instead of looking out right. and looking forward into the future. Right. And think about the fact that we actually think at a rate of three to four hundred words per minute. We speak at a rate of about two hundred we hear maybe 150 words a minute. We can read about 80 to 100. We type maybe 40 if we're good. We text about 20. Do you understand the difference between thinking 400 words a minute and texting 20? How many words get lost? How many thoughts and feelings never actually get expressed and then when we have someone else on the other end who's trying to communicate with us in a text message or even in an email, the time lapse of hearing, reading, no, yeah, we didn't even hear, we're just reading and then typing, what, what could be lost in that message to the person that we're communicating with? And then their response would be based on inaccurate information that would continue to exacerbate an already volatile situation because it's based on less than accurate information. And then when we're talking about the lack of soul, which is eye contact, sense stress, modulation, volume, and pausing, I'm telling you the difference between putting an accent on one word, an emphasis on one word, as opposed to the one that's four words down the sentence, 
you've just completely changed your message and someone could get hurt or upset or worried about something that was a joke or you know what maybe it wasn't even a joke it was a suggestion well no no it wasn't a suggestion it was an implication what what are you talking about just pick up the phone and call no 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 no. i have a better idea let's actually meet with each other sit down in a place face to face and touch each other let's hear each other's voices let's look into each other's eyes let's feel each other we are souls we have spirit we have energy technology is taking away the human interactive energy element of our interactions very well, well i have to say i, I, I could not I like agree it. with you more okay Johnny, I Randy. Here for a second yes and people have to realize something where did the hardware come from to make what we call computers? It came from reverse engineered UFO craft from Roswell, New Mexico. <laughs> it was the Bell transistor that started everything. Now, okay. realize something else. Who invented the software and who wrote the software to make that hardware work? Human beings. So in essence, the human mind has to write all them thousands and millions of lines of code, which makes the human mind far superior to any computer. Because exactly. we can think. Exactly. And what people fail to realize is that for many years, the governments of the world and the deep states and all, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. they've been using social engineering called media, Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, on and on and on, yeah, yeah. to get us off our spiritual path. That's it. Diversion, diversion, diversion. Yep. I always exactly tell right. people, if you want a healthy mental lifestyle, Shut off your television. Don't read and, any newspapers or major turn magazines. Turn off your cellular phone. Turn off your phone. Exactly. <laughs> and think yeah. for yourself, because most people can't do that today. And that's the yeah. problem with their education system. They're teaching the kids to become good servants, to become good robots. Don't think for yourself. Someone will else will do it for you. That's In my fact, rant for the day. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. And I just spoke to my niece. She's 17 years old. Her, her niece, who is now four, said, why do people get married? And, and her response was, God, that's a good question. I don't know. Let's Google it. <laughs> her response was, I don't know why people get married. Maybe Google will tell us. Wow. I'm not even that's kidding. That's kind of scary. I wish I was We're kidding. not even... <laughs> You know, yes. she was 17 oh and she God. didn't know why we get married. <laughs> oh, well, I... God. excuse me. I just that that took the cake. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Let's Google it. Children become wiser when we listen to them, what they're saying. Yeah. 
my well, my son is my son is about to give a presentation in about fifteen minutes. If if we're not going to get any callers, um, do you want me to talk for something really interesting? Because I can. I'm a I'm a closer. I can give you any kind of sales pitch you want for any kind of concepts you want for the next ten to fifteen minutes. But does it look like anyone's going to be calling in to ask me a specific question? Uh, well, Vinayak, why don't you give the phone numbers out? All right, I'll be happy to do that. And and then then she can proceed anyway, and we'll see, you okay. know, what happens. Okay. If anybody would like to call in, you can call in uh, station two, ask for station two, and you want eight 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 four two nine five four seven one. Eight 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 four two nine five four seven one, or you may dial three two three seven four 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 eight four one, or push button your phone three two three seven four 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 eight four one, and we welcome your call. And we'll see what. <laughs> Who wants to respond? <laughs> Rama, do you have any questions for our guest tonight? Rama? <laughs> <laughs> this is so oh, okay. I think I think people are, are muting um, out and forgetting to unmute. I'm here. Yes, we have a question for you. Do you have some questions for our sister Gabriel here? Um, Penny. Penny. Yes, hi. Hi. There we go. <laughs> yeah, hi, Gabriel. Uh, hi, Gabriel. Um, um, it took me a couple of minutes to get my head around something that I had to dig around in the filing cabinet to find the words. But in the middle of uh, 19, in the 1980s, I took a program called The Pursuit of Excellence. Okay. And it was divided into, the people, we were divided into quadrants. Uh, so uh, in one quadrant was the supporters, and opposite them in a diagonal was the controllers. Okay. And then there were the promoters and the analyzers okay. in, the yeah. other, in the other quadrants and, you know, at an angle to each other, if you're following me. And right. then, then further subdivided into e each of the the quadrants uh, was divided into those four again. Yeah. So, say in the promoter in the promoter quadrant, uh, you could be a, a promoter supporter or a, pro a promoter analyzer or a promoter controller or really yeah. off the wall was promoter promoter, <laughs> which <laughs> it sounds like you might have been too. <laughs> right. Okay. Right? So I was just wondering about the relationship. Um, you know, I know you were talking about that, the other the other one, the Mayor's Briggs. Uh, right. are, is there a relationship between those these two ways of describing folks? Yeah, they they absolutely are. Because um, let me let me phrase it in the because, okay, I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible. There are four dichotomies, but that means that there are 16 personalities. And, yes, there are four groups of 
four personalities. So yes, the four different dispositions, the ones like you described, there were four different quadrants, I guess. There are four dispositions and each one has four variations of it because if there are 16 personalities, there are four groups of four. And yet, um, the sensory judgers are the very firm ones. They always have to do things by the rules because they're about duty and responsibility. The intuitive feelers are the loving, encouraging, supportive, um, nurturing ones. The okay, they'd be the supporters, yeah. Right, right. The the um, intuitive thinkers are the ones who seek knowledge and wisdom and insight and understanding. And then the sensory perceivers are the ones who seek action. They want to get things done. They um, are very much about motivating people and stepping up to the plate, making sure that things come to fruition in life. They can pretty much do or be anything that they need to in that moment because for them it's all about just do it. Now, mm-hmm. all, all four of them are very uh, indelibly intertwined, right? They all need each other and they feed off of each other, but the fact that they are so different means they can be diametrically opposed in certain situations, but the truth is they all do need each other in order to successfully function in a healthful way. Because any quality, any good, healthy quality, when it has become unbalanced, immediately becomes a destructive behavior. Nothing that is good when it's in balance, when it's centered, is good when it becomes extreme. Hmm. Yeah, that's good, yes. And it's a good thing to be right in the middle of yes. the quadrant because then you can be whatever you need to be exactly in, uh, in a situation yeah right mm-hmm. in a in a balanced and healthful proactive not reactive way that's right yeah that's right too yeah okay. Gabrielle, well, what yes. would you say uh president trump is Oh my God, he's an ESTP. He's a controller. He tries he's, to be. A no, controller. no, you know what he is? And that's, I'm so glad you said that. No, he's not, because SJs are controllers. No, he's not. He's an ESTP. He's an extroverted sensory thinking perceiver. That means he's very much about manipulating people to get things done. He doesn't actually do things, he wants to. Um, manipulate people into getting them to do things. He knows how to affect people mentally and emotionally um, to where they will do things to him and for him and around him, but he's not really accountable for any of it because he didn't tell them to do it. He didn't force them to do it. He simply influenced them. He used his social energy and his social dynamic to get them to do things without having to have any accountability or responsibility. Yeah, that's immediately what I thought as soon as you as soon as you said that because it's just a dandy way to get out having out of having to be responsible. And here's the thing, my husband is an ESTP. He is a Mexican Donald Trump, but he's a Christian so he knows when to stop and he knows not to abuse his power and he knows he's very, very tempted. He's very charismatic and he's potentially very manipulative and he's very confident and he has all of the great qualities 
that Donald Trump has, he just thankfully has a moral value system that stops him from abusing his power. Well, he's also got somebody who will call him on his stuff, too. Right. (laughs) Right. But but even before I came into his life, the fact that he genuinely had a sense of spiritual responsibility and accountability, you either have that or you don't, and it's got nothing to do with me. And when people say to me, you got so lucky with your husband, or they tell him, wow, you got the perfect wife, the truth is who we are separate from each other is more important than what we were when we came together because who you are independent of that other person is what you are going to bring to the relationship. You are either going to be healthy and proactive and centered in the way that you contribute to your relationship or you're going to be reactive and unhealthy and destructive. Hmm. Very well said. That's 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 great. Thank you very much for that, Gabrielle. That was You're that welcome. was really good. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Anyway, anyway, I'll hang up now. Um, like I said, it took me a couple of minutes to remember the four categories. Uh, but <laughs> but then, you did. But then I then I could go on from there. Okay, thanks okay. a lot. You're Penny. Welcome. Thank you, Penny. Yeah. <laughs> what, Sarah? I just thought of one example while we're all in this conversation before we go to something else is that um, when when President Trump wanted something done in Ukraine, yeah, and yesterday Sondland was testi- testifying, you know, and what he said is he said when he asked President Trump, you know, what he was supposed to do all that president dump said and this is the example of what gabrielle's saying he said talk to giuliani <laughs> yes. yes yes and yes. then today when when professor fiona hill was speaking she said when sonlin tried to say that he was just doing what the president told him to do. He wasn't doing what the president told him to do. He was doing what Giuliani wanted him to think that the president wanted him to do. And then it went on from there, and then she blew his whistle really good and said, give me a break, you know. The New York Times was telling everybody on May 1st what President Trump wanted, you know, everybody to do and that was for his own personal benefit to get some dirt on his political quote-unquote opponent that hasn't been ironed out at all because Mm -hmm. he he didn't even care whether there was any dirt or not he just wanted to use it for his own you know misuse of power personal gain well, I think Gabrielle said it very beautifully when she said he's a manipulator. Yeah, and he manipulates others into doing his bidding for him so that he doesn't have to take any responsibility for any of it. There you go. And that's his uh, doublespeak, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, in spite, but in spite of all that, you know, because people have said that it's, he's trying to be a mob boss. Uh, in that sense, and Michael Cohen said that before he even was taken to prison. That's the way he works, and that's the way mob bosses work, so that you can't pin anything on them. But he isn't a good mob boss either. 
disappeared. Who's? Uh, we're we're losing somebody here. I think it's Tara that's losing. Gabriel, where did you go, Gabriel? Yeah, I'm right here. I've been here the whole time. Okay, oh, I'm okay. going to hang up. Thanks again, Gabrielle. Yeah. You're welcome. Good night. Good night. We're hearing somebody in the background. Yeah, actually, yeah. I'm having to go into a building because I think I had some bad reception where I was. But... Um, my son's going to be doing something. Can can I be on hold for five minutes? Well, actually, we're about uh, ready to end the call, I think, unless anybody great. has anything they'd like to share or or you have any last-minute thoughts that you'd like to share with us, Gabrielle. We want to thank you for being on the call. Thank you for having me. Been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I've learned a lot. And I like the insights that you shared with us tonight. Yes, and you have a wonderful spirit, Gabrielle. It's just very wonderful to have that energy in our space. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Very bubbly. Thank you. So, with that, uh, did we lose Gabrielle? I think she said good night. Okay. Well, does anybody else on the panel have any words that they'd like to share before we close the call out? Uh, I was just going to say that um, at the moment we're at right now, um, we should decide what we're going to do with next week's call because it's Thanksgiving Day. Isn't that right? Yes. uh, I personally will not be able to make the call. I will be spending time with family, so. Okay. Well, I guess guess we can uh, put something out um, um, by our emails or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think uh, I only got to so far with Marita Robert that she might find uh, something like a short period of time for people who want to have a family gathering and they don't have family, you know, and that that would be very nice. Yeah. So that we might for the first hour do something together from wherever we are. Uh, Randy, are you on the call? I'm on the call. I'm here. Do you have any any thoughts about Thanksgiving? Well, we don't celebrate it over here. So, right. So you'll be on the call then. It doesn't matter to me. I can I can be here. That's not a problem. Okay, so that's that's two's company. Three's a crowd, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, All right. Well, for the listening audience, then I guess uh, there will be a call of some sort. I don't know how long it's going to be, and yeah. who knows? Oh. Maybe I will be able to jump on for a while. Say right. hello to everybody and to. I just want everybody to know that I'm grateful for everybody being here tonight as well as other nights and as well as other times of the day that you may be listening to this call. And I just wanted to say that this sharing that we do, it's so rich. And it doesn't even have to be a thought in our hearts except that we stay connected. And I think that would be good. And then we could 
you have Marita pick something maybe to put on the second hour, that would be a replay. That would be very helpful. We've got a plethora of wonderful uh, sharings. So let's just leave it at that. And then um, I just know that in my heart and in the depth of my soul, I feel very viscerally how quickly we are walking into this light energy you know this is it, it, it in other words there's a anchoring uh of the true human being being brought back into place with the light body and it's 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 becoming more and more obvious every day and i'm even talking about even the news because there's a uh a commentary coming from many different places where they're honing it into some truth here. And that's, that's the thing that's been missing for a long time. So that's just my thoughts. Well, this is a very powerful week. Uh, so, you know, I, I do know that about this week, according to the astrology and the stars and so on and so forth. So, It'll be very interesting to see how next week plays out as we move closer and closer to our next uh, portal opening of 12-12. And this is ongoing receiving of light and love for all of us. Yes. All right. Well, on that... Uh, I think uh, if BBS Radio is there, we'll close out the show. Happy it's Thanksgiving, top of the hour. everybody. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, everybody. And, um, and maybe day, will... everyone. Happy Turkey Day. Yes, good morning, good morning, Simba and Claudia and Randy <laughs> from uh... Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> and may there be peace inside and out. Absolutely. Begin with me. Yes, and me and Maestro, me. music, please. <laughs> Namaste, everybody. Namaste.